Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I'll be reviewing 1996's Barbed Wire. Hi guys, and welcome back to the show. I'm going to be reviewing Barbed Wire from 1996, starring Pamela Anderson. Uh, first off, let's get let's just jump right into things I watched this week. I watched uh, the Netflix movie Fatherhood, starring Kevin Hart. Uh, it's the first thing. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> it actually took me two days to watch it, which is not a good sign for a movie. You know, but I think it was, I think it was, I tried to watch it late. Uh, initially I tried to watch it late and I fell asleep on it. And then I had to finish the rest of it like the next night. I finished the rest of it like the next night. And it's a very, very middle of the road movie. Very, very paint by numbers movie. Uh, Kevin Hart plays, uh, this guy named Matt. Longler or Longler, I can't can't pronounce the last name. Uh, and he um he's actually based on a real person, actually Matt Longer or Logner. Or, I can't pronounce the last name. It's weird. It's a weird last name. And it's, he's actually a real person. And I don't want to I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil that yet. But I'm gonna get to it yet. Uh, but. The person that Kevin Hart uh, portraying is based on a real person, but like his wife died after childbirth, and now he has to raise his da- he has to raise his daughter by himself. Uh, you got uh, a couple of other uh, people in here. You got Lil Rel is in this movie. Alfred Wooders in the movie. Uh, uh, Dewanda Wise uh, from She's Got to Have It is in the movie also. Uh, the, the the TV show, not the not the movie, <laughs> the 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 TV show. She's on, she was uh, on the TV show, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, is so like he's raising his daughter by himself. It's very it's just very middle of the road type of movie, but it I I think it's a good thing because I said on one of my reviews I was just like. Let's just let black people be boring. There's like it's a mostly black cast. It's a mostly black cast. It was like only like one white guy in the, no Paul Reiser's in the movie too. Actually, Paul Reiser's in the movie. So it's like two white people in the movie because Paul Reiser plays Kevin Hart's boss. But um But he uh but it's it's pretty middle of the road, but like I was saying, mostly black mostly black cast. I applaud them for letting black people be boring. There's no, there's no struggle. There's no body get shot. There's no slavery or you know anything like that. We're not going back to the civil rights movement or Jim Crow or anything like that. It's just a boring black guy raising his daughter by himself. He's got a couple of friends. He gets a girlfriend. The end. That's it. Yeah. And I was just, cause I was just like, wow. Uh, and I was just, cause I was just like, wow. Um, this movie, this movie's, this movie's pretty fucking boring, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, like, it's basically what I was like. I was like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay 
with this movie being boring. Because black people have the right to be just as boring as white people. Just as just as much right to be as boring as white people. Like me and my wife watched this movie, uh, The Photograph, with uh, Issa Rae and uh, Lakeith Stansfield. Boring as shit. That movie's fucking boring. <laughs> it's boring, but it's good. Sounds like white people, I mean, black people have the right to be boring just as much as white people. Black people have the right to be in a movie about nothing just as much as white people do. Because there's a lot, there's a ton, a plethora of white movies that are about nothing. Just about diddly squat. They ain't talking about shit. It's just them living their mundane life. Just, just, just boring as shit. Just, oh, I'm having problems with my mother. Or, I'm trying to get a job, you know, or some shit like that. Like, like I'm trying to get this promotion. And like, I think there's even like a, a plot point in there about him getting a promotion too uh, in uh, Fatherhood. But, uh, it's... Like, nothing happens in this movie. Fucking nothing. Fucking nothing happens in this movie. Uh, he hooks up with uh, DeWanda Wise, who plays... Uh, she's kind of like this quirky... This quirky black chick named uh, Liz. Uh, very... She's a beautiful woman. Deanna, DeWanda Wise is very beautiful. Very, very pretty. I'm a sucker for a chick with light eyes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. But, like, she is, she is really, really pretty. But uh, my wife was watching this movie with me also, and we were talking about like the chemistry between her and Kevin Hart was off. There was no love chemistry between the two of them. It was just off, you know. Like it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't because like there's some scenes. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm looking back into the movie right now as I talk about it. There's some scenes where she doesn't even look Kevin in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even look at Kevin. She's talking to Kevin, but she doesn't look at Kevin. She's just talking and looking down. And like the chemistry is off. Like she doesn't want to be around him. There's some scenes where her, the kid, and Kevin, she's in between. Like she's like far away. She like she doesn't want to be around Kevin. You know, like she doesn't even want to stand next to Kevin. It's just, it was mostly it was mostly on her part. Like Kevin Hart was trying. He was really trying. I want to say Kevin Hart tried. Kevin Hart tried throughout this whole movie. He even had a crying. He had a couple crying scenes in this movie. Like, like he cried on cue. You know, like he had a couple of scenes where he cried. And I was like, look at Kevin. Look at Kevin. Trying to act. I was like, look at that. You know, I was, it, his acting was pretty good. His acting was okay. You know, it was better. It was, it was better than the other shit that he does. Like he's always screaming and being erratic and nah, nah, and all this bullshit. You know, it was better than that. But most for, for the for the most part, boring movie. They did that thing. They also did that thing that I hate where um little because little rail played a uh, little rail played Kevin's best friend and. They were like supposed to be friends since childhood. You know, I hate that shit. That's like one, they're like, they did two tropes up in here that I fucking hate. 
one uh, one trope is the childhood friend that you grow up with. I don't know. I never grew up with any of my childhood friends. I don't talk to I don't talk to dudes that I knew in fucking kindergarten or like you know some shit like that. I don't even know if they I don't even know if they still alive really. Um, I just uh I just maybe a couple years back re, uh reunited with some friends that I knew from like high school you know, in middle school on, like, Facebook, you know, <laughs> and we keep it there, we keep it on Facebook, we haven't seen each other physically in, like, over 20 years, you know, in over 20 years, like, we, we haven't seen each other, so, I don't know if that's just me, but I'm not a fan of the whole, um, we've been friends since we were five or we've been we because like they had to let you know that they were friends they're like remember when we went to summer camp when we were kids and this happened to you and blah 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 and all this bullshit you know i was like i never had that so i can't relate i can't relate uh all my all my friends all my friends grown (laughs) you know (laughs) and you know just that's how that's how it is for me they also did the trope of because of his wife coming from a two-parent home and him coming from a single mother home. They did that trope. They do that with white guys too, because like they'll have like a white guy having like a trailer trash mom, and she's probably played by like Allison Janney or some shit. But uh, you know, you know, and like, oh, you're a fuckface or some shit. She's probably saying something like that, or uh. Or played by somebody, you know, you know, the trailer trash mom. They they do that with white guys too, but um, they like they always do that where like the guy comes from a comes from a broken home, like he comes from like a single parent home, and the and the 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 woman comes from this posh prestige two parent home because she's better than him and. He's not in her league and all this bullshit. Cause like he fights with her mother, played by Alfred Wooder. Um, her her dad is played by a character actor, uh, Frankie Faison. Uh, he he plays her dad. And, like he's like kind of like a, I won't say he's like henpeck, but he doesn't say a lot. He just stands there and makes faces, and he might say something under his breath about the mom, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like and like he's just there to give advice. He's he like he's there to give advice to Kevin because uh, Kevin's character didn't grow up with a dad or some shit. So um, he's like there to give him advice about how to be a father. But um, yeah, man, I hate that trope. I fucking hate it. it like so, like yeah, Alfred Wooder plays uh the the mom of Kevin Hart's wife who who's deceased, and like the whole thing is them getting into it together. And she doesn't believe that. He could be a good father because he came from the wrong side of the tracks. And and I didn't want my daughter to be with you in the first place and blah, 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 bullshit, you know. So, you got that. I, I hate that trope. I fucking hate it. But, like I said, other than that, not a lot going on. Not a lot going on in this movie. The kid, the kid's okay. The kid's adorable. I can't, I can't really shit on a kid. <laughs> you know, it's acting. It's, this, this girl's like maybe six maybe seven years old i'm not gonna shit on seven year olds acting she's seven but uh or six i don't know how old she is but yeah man 
if you want to check it out on Netflix, you can. If you just want to like pass the time, <laughs> it's a good time passer movie. Um, if you want to see Kevin Hart's acting, because like his acting is not that bad. Uh, Lil Rel, he's okay. Alfred Woodard is Alfred Woodard. She's always good. You know, uh, you had, uh, like I said, DeWanda Wise was kind of off. This is like only like the second thing I think I've seen her in other than She's Gotta Have It. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just her acting. I don't know. But, yeah, man, if you want to watch it, you can go watch it. Uh, let's move on to Loki Episode 2. I'm not going to talk about it very much because I'm really not feeling this show. I'm sorry. I tried. I really, really, really fucking tried to get into this show. Episode, I was, because I was just like, episode one might be a one-off. You know, like some shows like episode one, you know, like it's not that good, but it'll ramp up on episode two. Episode two to ramp. Episode two will ramp up. I mean, Wanda. I guess I can't judge because WandaVision's episode two wasn't all that good. Episode one, I liked a lot. Episode one, I liked a lot. Episode two, I wasn't really feeling. And episode three is when shit start happening. You know, like um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I like from jump. You know, maybe I'm just spoiled by Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, because it, it like it started off action packed from the jump. You know, like, things was going on. Things was happening from the beginning of that show. And maybe I'm just spoiled by that. I don't know. But I want to keep watching out of habit because I'm a fucking Marvel bitch. But, um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know <laughs> I, am, um, I am a Marvel dude. And, like, I love fucking Marvel. I'm a Marvel whore. But, um... But yeah, I was, I'm just not feeling this show. I'm not feeling it. I am not feeling it so much that I don't even really want to talk about the show. But I'm gonna talk about it. I just probably I think I just wanted to talk about how I'm really not feeling the show. Uh, second episode didn't really do it for me. I'm not really. I guess because I'm not really a Loki guy. I'm talking in circles right now. I'm not really a fucking Loki guy. All right. I'm not a Loki guy. I don't know how many episodes this show is. Personally, I don't know. I don't know. How many episodes is this show? I don't even know. But I'm not. I'm I'm just not feeling it. It's not my cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea. They revealed a lady. I guess that's Lady Loki at the end. They revealed Lady Loki. She's a blonde some people are probably some people are saying that it might be the enchantress too which is a character i've kind of been pulling to see you know but it's like characters that i want to see don't show up in movies or things that i want them in if this is the enchantress i really would want her to show up in a thor movie not loki um taskmaster showing up in black widow when i wanted him to show up in a captain america movie you know, I want to see because Captain America, Captain America never really had a challenge physically. Every Captain America movie is about him fighting morality battles. You know, that's what every Captain America movie is really about. 
because uh, like you think about all you think about all the villains, he he hasn't really fought a villain in all three all three of his movies. Um, uh, let's go. First Avenger, he had Red Skull. That one, he wasn't much of a challenge. Second movie, I guess not really, because Winter Soldier's not Winter Soldier was brainwashed. So you can't really count him as a villain. Uh, you got Alexander Pierce. He he's old. Like, what's he gonna do? Like, he, he can't fight. Uh, so and then um, Civil War. He had Baron Zemo. Like, n- like no mask, no costume. Baron Zemo. This, like Baron Zemo that's playing mind games with the people. He's playing mind games with the Avengers. That you know that that wasn't much. You know that wasn't much. I'm sorry, like, that's the, that's the only disappointment, I love, I love all the Captain America movies, but that's the only disappointing thing about the movies is that Captain America really never fought a threat, he never had a challenge, physically, physically he never had a challenge, I just, it's like, it's always been just these morality battles, I hope they don't do that with uh, Sam Wilson, I hope they don't do that with Sam Wilson's Captain America. I really want Sam Wilson to fight somebody physically. That's what I want. I want him to fight somebody physically. I don't know who he could fight right now, but for uh, his Captain America movie, he better fight somebody. You know, because that's that's my only because that's my only problem with the Captain America movies. But moving on, like I said, not really feeling the show. I'll check out episode three. Not really my cup of tea. I'll be back with uh, my review of Barbed Wire after these messages. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. Barbed Wire 1996. Let's talk about how I saw this movie. Basically, I just saw the movie on cable randomly one night, and I don't remember much from it. This is like the first time I've actually watched the movie since it was released on uh, cable, because I believe I, I believe I watched it on like Showtime or something. It was a movie that I was like interested in when I was a kid. It was a movie I was interested in when I was a kid, and I was like, ooh, I'm, I don't know, I might want to watch that. And then I watched it, and I was like, I think I, I, I don't think I'll watch this again you know so I don't remember much from the movie initially when I first watched it so watching it again is just watching it again is pretty much just jogging my memory of the movie uh let's get into the technical parts of the movie the movie was directed by David Hogan Ooh, I don't know if this is his last movie I, I, I didn't even look it up honestly uh, the screenplay was written by Chuck Farrer and Eileen Chaikin. Uh, Irene Chaikin uh, actually did a couple of things. Uh, she actually uh, uh, wrote on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I believe, also. So she wrote on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air before or during her writing, her doing barbed wire. So she's got that to her credit. Uh, the movie has a Rotten Tomato score of 27%, which, okay. 
the movie had a budget of nine million dollars and only brought in a box office of 3.8 million <laughs> I, I read this i read this stat when i was doing my research for this movie and i was like oh my god i was like the movie only cost nine million it only cost nine million dollars which in hollywood standards like in hollywood money that's fucking chump change they were like they throw they throw nine million dollars around on a regular they're like here nine million go make a movie or whatever the fuck you know and for it to only bring in 3.8 million dollars that is a fucking disappointment uh but when i was a kid i really don't remember a lot of people being excited to see this movie honestly i don't remember a lot of people saying oh i can't wait for barbed wire to come out <laughs> you know <laughs> i did i don't remember a lot of people saying that i like i don't remember a lot of kids in my school saying i can't wait to see barbed wire did you see the uh there was a kid um that i used to be friends with named robert uh he's a, a little blonde haired white kid and me and him used to talk about comic books all the time. We used to talk about comic books and like hard rock music at this time in 1996. And um, he never talked about barbed wire. You know, like he, I don't, I don't even think he was interested in barbed wire. So nobody was interested in this movie. I don't even know why this movie got made, honestly. You <laughs> know but I might get I might get into that later about, about why this movie got made. Because uh, the movie is based off of a comic book that I never read. Uh, and like I said, at this point, I was at this point, I was only reading comics for like a year and a half, though. You know, I started reading comics at about, yeah, around like nine years old. I was 1996. I had just turned 10. I think I just turned 10 years old. And so, like, I was only reading comic books for about a year, you know, because really, like, the Marvel, the Marvel cartoons really got me into comics, you know, like, X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and I was just like, oh, this shit's comic books, I'm gonna go read this. So, like, I was reading, like, Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, you know, <laughs> it was like, and I started getting into Daredevil, you know, like, and uh, uh, I saw Black Panther, I tried to get my hands on all the Black Panther I could find, you know, the Avengers, like, really a lot of Marvel stuff, I like, like I said, Marvel caught my eye, uh, instantly, they caught my eye instantly, uh, but yeah, at this time, I was only reading comics for, like, a year and a half, uh, the movie starts off Pamela Anderson as the title character, Pamela Anderson, dude, if you weren't alive, if you weren't around in the 90s, or alive in the 90s, you don't know the significance of Pamela Anderson in the 90s. Pamela Anderson was the hottest chick in the game in the mid-90s. I'm just going to say, like, whoever's, like, the hottest chick in the game right now, multiply that by 10. You know, she's the hottest. She was the hottest chick in the game. She was the hottest uh, I don't know who's hot right now, cause I don't look at like chicks in their twenties. But um, which I don't think she was in her twenties. She was probably in her thirties and around this time. But uh, you know, she's probably in her thirties. But dude, 
whoever, like I said, like whoever's hot right now, just like, multiply that by 10, man. Like, she was on like one of the hottest shows on TV, Baywatch. You know, like Baywatch, all those Baywatch chicks, like they were like superstars. <laughs> yeah, her, Yasmin Bleef, uh, Gina Lee Nolan, Erica Laniac. Uh, what's that other one? The one with the, like, the one with the, like, the munchkin face. Donna D'Erico. Yeah, Donna D'Erico. Like, dude, you wasn't, in the 90s, in the 90s, you wasn't fucking with the Baywatch chicks, man. Who else, like, uh, all these other chicks, the only other chicks that were, like, hot in the 90s were probably, like, Halle Berry, Jenny McCarthy, and, like, Anna Nicole Smith. Those were like the only other chicks that were like really hot. Maybe it had a maybe a Heather Locklear, you know, a Heather Locklear. Like she was, she's she's kind of like a hold off from the '80s, but she was still kind of hot in the '90s too, because they would put her on. They would put her on every show, and like she was like on the probably the second hottest show at the time, Merrow's Place at the time. So, but Pamela Anderson was very significant in the '90s, very very significant in the '90s. So, it was a no-brainer at the time to put her in this movie. She's the hottest chick in the game. Let's make her a fucking movie star. Uh, let's get into the movie. I'm not really gonna... I'm not really gonna talk about this movie. Uh, because it's fucking terrible. You know, it's fucking terrible. It's a terrible-ass movie. What else can you say? You can tell from the... Uh, I watched the trailer for the movie. And like, Pamela Anderson doesn't even really fucking talk. She doesn't talk. I was looking at that. I was like, I noticed that they don't have her talk a lot in this movie, in in the trailer. She said like two things in the trailer and everything else is just like action shots. You know, (laughs) like like I said, fucking terrible movie. There's nothing of note to talk about other than Pamela Anderson's body and the fact that she really can't act worth the damn. Like I said, she doesn't really say shit in the trailer and her acting. I'm like, she's a little bit better of an actor than maybe an Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith was trying to act at this time. And she's fucking terrible. I love Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, she seemed like she seemed like a sweet person, but she she was a terrible actress. Terrible, terrible fucking actress. But, like, she's a little bit better than... She's a little bit better than Anna Nicole Smith. You know, because, like, she's on a fucking uh, show. Uh, Baywatch. Uh, but, like, she can't act. She she really... she She's not that... She's not that much... <laughs> better than, than an Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, the plot of the movie makes no sense. Uh, let's talk about this. The supporting cast. The supporting cast just leaves... And comes back when they want to. <laughs> like a lot of the um because like uh you have Victoria Rao, who you who you may know, she's uh she in the nineties she was like a, a soap opera actress. Uh and she was also on this uh this uh crime show called Diagnosis Murder with uh Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> That's her other I think Scott Bale was on that show too. Was Scott Bale on that show? I think Scott Bale was like Dick Van Dyke. Victoria Rowell and Scott Bale. I only know that show because my grandma used to watch that show. <laughs> my grandmother used to watch. I used to have to sit with my grandmother whenever my grandmother was uh, babysitting me and I had to watch fucking Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> you know? 
that's the only reason I know that. That's the only reason I know that fucking movie, that fucking show, is because my grandmother used to watch it, and I was like, I was like, oh, I guess I gotta watch fucking Diagnosis Murder, you know. But you know, that that and Matlock is that Matlock, uh, Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman, you know, uh, uh, Walker Texas Ranger. And, uh, what's the other one? That's another one. Uh, Jake and the Fat Man. It's like a lot of, it's like a lot of crime procedural dramas. Maybe Law and Order. She'll look at Law and, Law and Order every every now and again. But yeah, but like, that's the only reason I know Diagnosis Murder is because of my grandmother. But anyway, yeah, but like the supporting cast, they just leave and come whenever they, whenever they want to. Like I said, Victoria Ryle, she's supposed to be like the doctor that's supposed to save the world barely in the fucking movie she's barely in the movie she barely has any fucking lines uh we got my man uh that played uh Django Fent who, uh, from uh uh the uh the uh prequels the Star Wars prequels he's in here uh he's like uh bar wires like love interest uh there was there's another guy in here I can't remember his name the villain is very forgettable uh, you got barbed wire's brother, you know, very forgettable. Everybody in this movie just fucking forgettable because they come and leave when they want to. And like, like I said, plot, plot doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But this is, this movie is the epitome of what Hollywood thought of superhero movies. Cause like, they don't even try. They don't, they don't fucking try in this movie. They don't try at all with this movie. Uh, this is, but like I said, this is what superhero movies were in the nineties because, because this is what they were. This is, this is just what they were. You know? <laughs> Cause like, this is what they would, because this is what they would do with superhero movies in the nineties. I'm, I'm going to break it down. Uh, they would find like an obscure like comic book that like people haven't really heard of, so they can make the movie for cheap. That's what they would do. This is what they would do, cause this is how you get movies. I talked about this uh, last week on my X Men review. This is how you get movies like The Shadow and The Phantom and this and Tank Girl and Judge Dredd. You know, this is how you get these movies because like. They go to these indie comic, even Spawn, for for lack of a term, it's the most successful independent comic. But uh, I heard like I heard Rob Layfield talk about they wanted to make a Young Blood movie back in the '90s, but I think like he fucked up the um he fucked up the deal because he was late to the meeting or some shit. So like he didn't get they didn't they didn't make the Young Blood movie. So like this, but this is what they would do. They would take like these low in lower tier comic book characters and from independent comic books and make them movies because they could make them for cheap and like the guys and like the people that made the movie they're the people that made the comic they're just like oh my you want to make a movie out of my shit go ahead you know that's what they would do that is what they would do and like this is also the state of comic books in the 90s because uh barbed wire is what women look like in comics at the time uh, barbed wire to uh, borrow from uh, a YouTuber I like, uh, Sasha Wood. She when she, she coined the she coined the uh, term cheesecake. Barbed wire is a cheesecake character, 
she's just made for horny teenage boys to look at. Which is why the movie is fucking terrible. You know? <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's why. That's why the movie's terrible. Because she's only, she's only there to look at. That's it. That's it. Uh... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in some positives about this movie, because like while the plot of the movie is god awful, I know, I know, I, I've been, I've been reading and seeing a lot of people saying like, oh, it's based off of Casablanca, it's based off Casablanca. I know this, I know it's based off of Casablanca, you know, but it's a bad fucking adaptation adaptation of Casablanca. It really is. It's fucking terrible. Uh, but other than that, like, I want to say, like, the, the, the cinematography is fan-fucking-tastic. I love it. I love the cinematography. Uh, the, the night shots are really beautiful, because most, most of the, that's what we have. That's what we have. The movie's mostly shot at night, which is, like, a lot of movies of that decade. A lot of comic book movies of that decade were shot at night. I don't know if they were trying to mimic Batman. They were probably trying to mimic Batman. But that's what they did. They 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 shot they, they shot this movie at, at night as well. They had a couple of daytime, like the final fight happens at daytime. So like, but like it's like it looks like an apocalyptic kind of like Mad Max world in the daytime, you know. But yeah, night shots are beautiful, and I'd be lying. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'd be lying if I said I didn't like looking at Pamela Anderson. Like Pamela Anderson, I'm not gonna lie, she was hot. She was she was grade A. She was a grade A white woman back in the day. <laughs> it was like a lot of a lot of chicks. Like the '90s had a lot of prime grade A white women. <laughs> you know, like the '90s and the '80s. They're like, like that was the peak for white women. I'm like, I don't want to make this. I don't really want to turn this into a race thing, but I'm just gonna say it. Like, cause I was looking at her, I was like, God damn you know <laughs> i was just saying i'm like god damn she's hot she's naked a lot in this movie she's also naked a lot so you can watch it for that but other than that this movie has nothing to offer nothing to offer if i had to give it a score i'd give it a one out of five that's pretty much my review join me next week where i dive into the fast and the furious saga again and i talk about fast and the Furious's sequel too fast too furious join me next week for that uh till next time peace